The AR-15 podcast endorses Adam Kraut for the NRA Board of Directors. Hello, my name is Adam Kraut, and I'm a candidate for the NRA Board of Directors. 150 words is all a candidate is allotted to describe themselves in a biography that accompanies the ballot, which is hardly enough to learn about anyone. My biography will start with proudly nominated by petition of the members. I run on a campaign of change and education, which you, the members, believe in. In order for the NRA to be more successful, we need to start by educating those around us. The NRA needs to push to return firearms education to schools. The reasoning is simple. First, children who learn appropriate firearm safety will be less likely to have an accident occur if they manage to find one unattended. Second, if firearms are demystified at a younger age, it is my belief that individuals will grow up to be less afraid of firearms, which will have positive political implications as well. In the spirit of change, I have also introduced a series of proposed bylaw changes, which would hold the board more accountable to the members. If adopted, the proposed changes would create an attendance policy, implement term limits so that board members could not run for a third consecutive term without being nominated by the members, and form an honorary board. To learn more about these changes and my positions, visit my website, adamkraut.com. Together, we can make the NRA the organization that we deserve. Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. If you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Hey, it's episode 227 of the AR-15 Podcast. We have Josh Waldron from Silencer Co. joining us tonight. And uh, Josh, thank you for taking some time here with the AR-15 Podcast. I'm happy to, and thanks for having me. Hey, Josh, we've had you on several times. In fact, uh, my favorite episode with you was last year, uh, right before the election. I was doubting. I know many people out there were doubting. But like Babe Ruth, man, you called your shot. And uh, you said <laughs> sure did. you said Trump was going to win, and man, that's what happened. Um, man, it was it was amazing, and, and I have it all on audio too, saved, and we released it about two weeks before the election. So um, you are the guy that if I ever go and uh, bet on the horses, I'm going to invite you to come along. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, I don't think we've ever like gotten your background of uh, uh, you know what got you into firearms, what got you into suppressors. So, if you'd share a little bit about that of uh, how you found yourself where you are today. Sure, uh, I, I grew up in a small town in in Utah um, called Alpine, Utah. It was a farming community, so firearms was a um, everyday part of life. Uh, you know, my dad had a um, a, a gun cabinet, which is kind of what everybody had back then gun safes weren't really a thing as far as i can remember all my friends had gun cabinets and you know it was best that they could my parents could lock that thing and i always knew how to pick it and get in <laughs> grab these guns and so i'd come home from school and grab a shotgun and go out and shoot you know a pheasant or whatever it was i, I honestly never knew that you had to have a, a license to do such you know i just shot what i wanted to eat and uh, that was kind of hard part of life and it was fun and when I, you know, got older, um, started, uh, you know, I was always deer hunting and all that kind of stuff. But when I got older in my twenties, I was like, you know, my my uh, my best friend and I, who was my partner in Silencer Co. Jonathan uh, Schultz, he's he's like, you know, what we should do is buy silencers. And I'm like, there's no way that those are legal. He's like, no, they're legal. I promise. Let's let's go do this. And so we started buying silencers, and and um, it was a very strange. Um, 
obscure market back then. It was, you know, going into someone's basement and feeling like uh, you're doing something illegal and filling out all these papers and feeling like the ATF was going to come raid your home. And <laughs> there's all of these like things that made the buying experience rather daunting, actually. And, uh, you know, we kind of navigated through the first purchase, and then I was like, wow, that was easy. It was a lot easier than I thought it was. And uh, nobody, you know, nobody came and knocked my door down to see what I had in my gun safe. And, you know, I think, I think I'll buy more. So, um, you know, through that experience, though, I uh, um, kind of found that there was a few inherent problems with the, with the, the niche industry that was the silencer industry. And that was, there was, terrible customer service at the time um, with the companies, the manufacturers that um, that we were buying from. And then, uh, you know, I was, I came from a marketing background in photography and, and web design and all that kind of stuff. And all of the companies were just super antiquated, like old, old trends from a decade prior to where we were at that time. And I was like, wow, we, we really should start that company and just do better, you know, better, uh, better marketing, better customer service. Um, and uh, so, you know, we, we kind of started the company as a hobby. Uh, we were, um, both Jonathan and I were professional musicians, and I was a professional photographer, and we owned a recording studio together, and we did a bunch of other things, and I was into commercial development, and real estate developments, and stuff like that. So it was really just supposed to be a side job. It was a hobby company. And um, so we made our first silencer, this is the 22 Sparrow, and uh, uh, which is still the highest-selling 22 silencer um, in the, well, arguably in the world, but for sure in the, in the country. And um, you know, we kind of caused obsolescence in the industry. People had to start chasing us from that one product, and so we were like, "Wow, we should probably put more eggs in this basket." So we did, and we moved from a garage that we leased, um, that was like a you know very small garage with a teeny tiny little you know eight by eight foot office and we moved into a, uh, um, a 36,000 square foot facility, which was really funny because at the time it was Jonathan and I and one employee and one CNC machine at 36,000 square feet. So <laughs> it was really interesting kind of like, how are we going to pay the bills? But, but we could see that we were going to grow and we took the bet and we, we jumped, we jumped head first into this market and, um, you know, since then we just we just kept reinvesting, kept doubling down, kept hiring people, buying machines, creating, you know, innovating uh, the, the world's best silencers, and and uh, now we're the biggest silencer manufacturer in the country and arguably the world. And uh, so yeah, it's been an exciting ride. Would you ever su- expect, like when you guys started this as a side job? As a side business, would you did you ever dream that it would take off like this? Did you ever sit back and have a beer with your friend and say, "Man, what if it did this?" Or did it just exceed everything that you thought possible would happen? Yeah, I mean, it was funny because I was talking to Jonathan the other day. I was like, "Remember when we did our five year projections when we first started the company and how you know when we were uh, you know pitching to banks and all sorts of stuff? You have to have all of these projections to say this is what we think our company is going to do." And we felt like it was a lofty goal to get to like $10 million in a year. Um, and, you know, so that was like, wow, if we could do $10 million a year, that would be amazing. But like in 2016, we were nearly doing $10 million a month. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So it was, you know, kind of a 
Yes, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind every day when I walk through my shop. It's 80,000 square feet. It's got about 70 CNC machines. You know, things are humming and all of this coming from being a photographer, musician, web designer, kind of the guy, like learning how to manufacture things um, and be really good at it. Is, it's been a lot of sleepless nights and kind of continually biting off more than I can chew by somehow <laughs> swallowing. <laughs> So do you think the uh, – you guys do marketing a little bit different. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say you're ahead of the curve when it comes to a good majority of the industry because um, there are there are those out there that uh, don't talk about new media. Uh, I believe a podcast that you know, they have to look up what an actual podcast is. I see you guys um, doing some stuff with social media, with advertising – that is reaching out and grabbing a younger generation that is um, that, that is kind of almost refreshing in the industry to see. Do you see that that area of the market doing something that uh, new media involved? Do you see that an area of the market that's really uh, kind of untapped by the firearms industry? Yeah, I think that the, the firearms industry almost in its entirety has no idea how to uh, advertise to anybody but their core group that was their core 10 years ago. Um, the millennial crowd, the new up and coming guys that are, you know, and, and girls that are, you know, getting to the age of being able to purchase guns and make decisions, buying decisions, having disposable income, you know, that is the future. And it's just astounding to me that, that my competitors and the you know, big gun companies and the and the, just the general gun community, the gun industry has no idea what they're doing in regards to that. So, you know, one of the things that Silencer Code uh, decided on a couple of years ago was like, this is the future. This is where we go. Like, our are the core people they're going to buy our stuff because it's the best. They know about it. They understand the Silencer Code is the best product. We don't. I mean, obviously, we're going to take good care of those guys too. And we're going to market to them, but the majority of our marketing is reaching out to untapped, um, you know, parts of the market, to the millennials, to the action sports guys, to the, the people that have kind of a toe in the water as far as being our our demographic, but maybe not being firearm buyers now. And we have seen such a huge um, change of, uh, uh, you know, kind of a sea change of, of who is buying. Um when we when we first started Silencer Co, it was like, all right, if you have ten or twenty guns and you're, you know, you've bought all of the accessories for them, now you're a, a legitimate gun guy. You know, you have a safe full of stuff. You, that's when you start looking at silencers. Maybe after your twenty or thirtieth or fiftieth gun, that's when you start looking at silencers. But now we're seeing that it's a first purchase with a gun, and uh, so that whole change of of how people are thinking about silencers and what what they're doing um uh, you know what kinds of guns that they're even buying um so that you're you know making the right choices of what gun to buy depending on what silencer that's a huge change for our industry which is why the industry has grown so fast in the last several years but um but yeah i mean that's that we used to be in the single digit percentile of of age demographic of you know the 21 to 35 crowd and now we're that's you know huge huge part of our market 30 percent or so um so it's a big deal and and we're continually reaching out and we're going to continue to, to push the envelope and, and make guns sexy again we could do a 
hat, like a red one that says make guns sexy. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we don't, we want, we want to take down the walls, the taboo, the guns are bad, kind of a thing that the, 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 you know, elites are trying to push down the young people's throats and say, no, this is a part of the fabric of America. This is what, this is what, uh, you know, it's a, it's a right that we all have to protect ourselves. It's a right that we all have to go and hunt and harvest our own food. Um, and there's a lot of really uh, cool narratives to say um, to these, you know, kind of horizontal um, communities and, and uh, reach out and grab some of these new guys and, and make it a make it a bring it back to like the mainstream of America again. I think that it's possible. I think the 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 way you guys reach out is a great example for uh, even gun owners in general when you're talking about introducing people to shooting. Um, because, you know, those, there's that core you're always going to reach, but also being willing, willing to branch out and in, into other areas, I think is how we grow the gun community, grow the people that are like, Hey, now I understand this more. So I think it's a pretty awesome example you guys are setting. I see that, you know, I see the ads you send out. I see the videos you guys do with the extreme sports guys. It's really kind of, in his way, yes, it's it's for your product, it's it's for your company, but it's also a way to introduce people to shooting that may not, you know, pick up a rifle or pick up a pistol or be even interested in a suppressor without seeing something that has maybe Travis Pastrana in it or some of the other advertising you've done. So, you know, well done in, you know, reaching out not only for your company, but overall for me, seeing how it's reaching out to those that may not take a huge interest in the gun community yet see somebody they're familiar with and something they're passionate about and being willing to give it a try. So uh, huge props well, thank you. to you guys well, for I doing do. that. And sorry, I mean, yes, you're right. We are rooted in advocacy. All of our marketing is rooted in advocacy, meaning, and I'm not just talking about advocacy and like in political, the political realm of changing laws and things like that. I'm talking about being an advocate of the sport, bringing new people in. Um, that's always something that like, that's, that's a huge foundation of what, what our core belief system is. So, and we will continue to do that forever. And you mentioned advocacy. Uh, you have been on the front lines to uh, have suppressors and silencers removed uh, from the NFA list so there's no longer a, a, the atrocious wait period or the $200 stamp. What can you tell us about the progress of that? I know there have been some um, – the loser of the last presidential election decided to ask what would happen if he had a suppressor in the uh, Las Vegas shooting – and other obstacles that have come up that are rooted not in fact but purely emotion in the moment. Um, what do you see the progress of that kind of legislation right now? Oh man, well, you know this legislation has been has been a, has been very tumultuous since the beginning. It's been super difficult, um, and we knew it was going to be difficult. And the first time when we were trying to get the hearing, um, the committee hearing to get uh, the HPA language introduced into the SHARE Act, which we felt at the time SHARE Act was going to be the best vehicle to move the uh, move HPA. Um, and for the listeners that don't know what HPA is, the Hearing Protection Act, the deregulated silencers. Um, I'm sure that everybody listening to this knows that, but <laughs> just wanted to make sure. But, but uh, you know, that, that, that hearing was scheduled the morning, the same morning that Scalise was shot, the baseball practice shooting in Virginia right outside of 
the district. So that was the first kind of big hiccup. So we didn't get the hearing. We had to wait several weeks. Um, we got it back on the calendar. We had the hearing. The hearing went great. It passed 22 to 13. Um, uh, and then it was scheduled for a floor vote the same week that Vegas happened. So mm. just really either bad timing or uh, if you want to wear your tinfoil hat and say that there's a little bit of conspiracy. Um, I mean, we all know that Vegas, there is some type of stuff that is being hidden from us in Vegas. We don't know anything about the guy. We don't know anything about the timeline. We haven't seen any of the videos in the most surveilled city in the world. Um, we, you know, there's been a lot of, of things held back from us. So we already know that there's some kind of weird thing with Mr. Paddock, but, um, uh, I don't know if that translates to, um, HPA, but I do know that the first thing that was politicized was Hillary Clinton standing up and using her loud, obnoxious, uh, voice, political voice <laughs> and saying, imagine if silencers were used and then, it kind of derailed all of the work that I've done. And, you know, and not just me, but it's the NRA, the ASA, the uh, NSSF, the CSS. I mean, every NGO that's for gun rights has been pushing hard to get this thing done. And, you know, I've been to um, Washington, D.C. 10 times this year, which sucks for um, me because I hate Washington, D.C. I hate it with a passion. So, um, you know, it was a, it was quite a blow, uh, really hard uh, to see that happen. Um, so, you know, where are we now? What are we doing now? The fact of the matter is, is that uh, now we have another shooting, and I don't think that, you know, unfortunately, things are going to change as far as the political environment uh, goes with in regards to uh, guns. I think that this is going to be the new normal. In the last, you know, month we've had three terrorist attacks of some type, whether it's a crazy guy from a hotel window or from uh, a guy that rented a Home Depot truck to a guy that walked into a church. You know, this is kind of a new normal, and we're going to have more controversy than I think that we've ever had because of the divisiveness of politics, of the, the, um, the left, and what they're trying to do to the fabric of our country um, and the Constitution. So, we have to try to figure out a new game plan. And um, we have a lot of ideas. You know, we've talked to a lot of lawmakers that are uh, have been kind of key uh, people in in the uh, gun legislation, especially HPA, over the last couple of years to help us push it forward. And we have plans. And I wish I could tell you about what those plans are, but <laughs> I am uh, under strict instruction to not tip our hand and show... Uh, show what we're doing, but um, I can tell you one thing though that uh, this fight is harder now than it ever has been, and I didn't expect things to be easy um, at the first of the year. So uh, you know, those that are waiting for HPA for the deregulation of silencers, I think that it's safe to say that it's not going to happen this year. The likeliness of it happening next year is very slim, and if we don't win more seats in 2018, um, if we don't Keep control, but not only keep control of the House and the uh, Senate, but, but gain seats in both of those uh, bodies. And I don't think that we're going to be able to get it done at all. So that is the absolute um, truth, and it sucks. But that's you know. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not. 
going to stop trying, uh, stop pushing, educating, going to D.C., um, getting support, uh, and doing everything I can to move the ball because, you know, this is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for the Constitution, for the American people, uh, for the Second Amendment. The funny thing is, is that if if silencers were created, if if they came into existence 20 years ago, with all the worry about noise pollution uh, in the world, they'd actually be required, I believe. I believe that they would be required for firearms because they would cut down on noise pollution, just like the cars are required to have mufflers on them to cut down on noise pollution. Um, it, it astounds me that people would be so far against them without even truly understanding what they do. Uh, I've worked in radio for 21 years. That comes with wearing headphones every day for long shifts. It also comes with being at concerts and loud. My hearing uh, isn't what it is, and I love to go out shooting. So shooting suppressed is like a breath of fresh air, being able to go out there and enjoy it without having to worry about you know multiple layers of hearing protection to take care of what little hearing I have left. So, uh, And I, I appreciate the fight. I know our, our listeners appreciate the fight. Uh, you mentioned that uh, HPAs, kind of those that are waiting for it, probably not going to happen unless some pretty big things change. So that moves me into my next question. What's your view on the market uh, for suppressors right now as we are in the beginning of November of 2017? Well, the market has been tough this year. Um, it has not been an exciting year for for sales. <laughs> and I think that anybody that is in the uh, silencer industry, well, actually the gun industry, I mean, if you look at all of the publicly traded companies, their stocks are down significantly. Um there's been layoffs in multiple companies. Um, like you know, people like to zero in on Silencer Co. as having problems and this and that and the other, um, because we're the exciting brand that's always in the news. So we're the ones that get the kind of uh, you know talked about a lot. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that there was several there's several things that kind of happened all at once that made the market currently what it is. The last year, as you probably know, 41F. There was a regulation change in the way that you purchase silencers, uh, or all NFA items, rather. And that is that you have to um, get fingerprints and photographs. Even if you're using a trust, um, you have to uh, do added, you know, there's additional paperwork um, that was involved. And so there was a there was a rush um, on silencers, big time. I mean, people were buying like crazy last year. And... Um, so if we had of our core, our core market was, you know, X amount of people and they spent X amount of dollars a year on silencers, they may have purchased, you know, two to three years worth of silencers Dang. To, to rush. So if those people are married or if they have, you know, only a certain amount of money in their budget for gun items or any of that kind of stuff, they have some... They have some explaining to do if they say, I want to go buy another silencer when I already bought a couple years worth, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was one, that's one problem. So there was, a, you know, a rush of that. A, 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 you know, second problem is we had dealers and distributors all over the country that bought a glut of inventory because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Um, I wish that more people had my, uh, foresight on who was going <laughs> to win the election, but that's not the case. And, um, they, pushed AR-15s and high-cap magazines and uh, pistols, ammunition, pretty much all the things that, that Hillary Clinton was saying that she was going to 
address first. They push that those products into the market so hard that um, you know some of the biggest distributors in the country that do billions of dollars a year are doing are, are doing massive layoffs. Um, they are you know we had we had to put certain uh, distributors on credit hold because they couldn't pay their bills. Um, so that you know the industry took a big big blow. It wasn't just silencers; it was everyone. And we're starting to see now that they've pushed through a lot of that inventory, and we're starting to see sales increase, which is which is good. Um, so that was another problem. Then we had the Trump slump, is what I call it, which is you know <laughs> bless the guy's heart, but he removed the sense of urgency that Obama and Hillary and everybody else put into the face of everybody for the last uh, nearly a decade. Um, and so that fear, that buying, you know, every time that he said, you know, he says or she said that we were, you know, we're going to remove this. We're going to, we're going to take these guns away. Everybody went out and bought that, that sense of urgency is gone. We have a president that, um, is very friendly to the community, stands up and says, um, that he will protect the second amendment in front of everybody at the NRA convention several times said that and you know people are just they're, they're not there's no fear buying anymore so we had that problem as well so all of these things kind of stacked up and then we introduced hpa and people are like well well i guess i'm going to wait and see um and see if this passes and i'm not going to buy a silencer because i don't want to pay that 200 dollars tax so i'm going to wait and see if hpa passes and that added on top so yeah all of those things stacked on top of each other all at once made a pretty terrible year um but um we have shifted. We've, um, as painful as it has been this year, we've put money into innovation, into research and development, into our marketing, and into the things that are going to continue to allow us to grow and be the leaders um, and come out of this better than anybody else. And I'm confident that that's going to happen. And um, we're going into the traditional, historical, worst part of the year, which is um, Q4, because all the show season, shot show, all that kind of stuff is all in Q1. And so everybody's waiting to see new products, so they're not. They, nobody really wants to buy products. Um, so they're just kind of making top-off orders for the rest of the year. So sales are um, about as bad as one can imagine. But now we can start to see Q1, January, February, we're getting a, a, a lift, and it's exciting. It's like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, we're excited about it. So, um, you know, 2017 is a shit year, and uh, uh, but it was a good year for a lot of other reasons. Like, you know, we still all have our jobs because uh, Hillary didn't win and appoint someone to the Supreme Court that wanted to challenge Second Amendment. So, you know, give and take. Absolutely. So, um, will there be? So will we see some of that innovate? I know you can't share. Will we see some of that innovation at Shot Show in 2018? You bet. You bet. Absolutely. Can't wait for it. Um, then uh, future wait times, because I think that's one of the other things right now that is deterring mm-hmm. people from buying, is because um, I got a Form One stamp back in 368 days. Uh, I have two. Uh, silencer co suppressors that are still in ATF jail and they've been there for about ten months now. What do you think the uh, get, what do you think the get future? Them back any day. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> what do you think the future wait times are for us um, if we were to say buy today or buy in the near future? 
Well, we're seeing consistently right now um, eight months, eight to, eight to ten months, but um, more so we've seen a lot of eight months. So that's why I'm saying like yours should be any day. If it's ten months, it literally could be any day. Um, we, uh, we're we seeing that what's going on is is a lot of the problem, a lot of the biggest part of the wait was because of that, that ramp up before Jan- uh, July 13th of last year when uh, 41F took place. So there was just this huge um, kind of, stack up right right there and they had to work through that and not only did they have to work through it but they had to understand how to um process post 41f forms because they didn't have systems in place to do such and so they were like oh crap what did we do to ourselves now that that is kind of taking place we're starting to see stuff um, turn faster um one of the biggest things that i'm excited about is that uh the form three um e-form system which is you know the standard people uh, consumers they don't they don't really know the whole process of the manufacturing side of things but when we transfer from our facility to our distributors and then the distributors transfer from them to the dealers that's all on a form three basis that used to take a long time because it was manually done by hand um, paper work just like everything else that the, it was very antiquated well they they got actually they got systems in place to do those transfers and so all of those forms that, that they used to work on they don't have to anymore which frees up time for the examiners to work on form fours and they're getting the processes of form forms form fours down better and moving them faster so we're starting to see that come down and uh, um, so hopefully we we get back to that six month or I mean, ideally, it would be instant, right? No <laughs> I mean, doubt. No form at all. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but like, there's a sweet spot of where, like, oh, it's six months, and then people start saying, you know, the juice is worth the squeeze, and they start buying again. Um, and I think we're getting close to that. So, um, But, you know, uh, I say go on and buy because you're going to wait anyways. Yeah. Might as well start to wait. Absolutely. Uh, I know that I've got several. I think I've got seven that are in the wait period. So one day Christmas will happen. I don't know if it'll be by Christmas or Christmas next year, but I know <laughs> I know one day it'll happen. Um, up next, I'm sure um, your name was cursed uh, by about twelve states when you guys released the maximum fifty or maximum uh. fifty muzzle loader. I'm pretty sure there were attorney generals and. In the non-free states that uh, cursed you and your company, tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, that, the muzzleloader itself, and the process of releasing it, and kind of the the dust up uh, that uh, the fight that was picked by several states with you guys. Yeah, I mean, the problem with it. <laughs> all right, so the, the Maxim Fifty is amazing because it's you know shipped to your door, muzzleloader with a integral suppressor, uh, no paperwork, no tax stamp. No waiting period, nothing. It's just you buy it on the website or you buy it at your dealer and you would take take it home or it ships to your door. Fantastic. Um, it's a middle finger to the government. But <laughs> it also is an, it's an amazing product that mitigates the plume of smoke that uh, muzzleloader hunters get and um, uh, make it hard to see whether or not they shot the animal that they are hunting. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to not only give that middle finger to the government but we're also trying to get people to hunt muzzleloader and use muzzleloader that wouldn't have in um you know before this product because you get extra time or you know 
like time before the general hunt or you know a couple weeks here or whatever there that are, are specifically only for muzzleloaders or or whatever and and so you get a better pick of animals there's there's actually a lot of benefits to hunting with muzzleloader and it's you know challenging and it's fun yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great product that way during the process we did as much research as we possibly could but i mean you're looking at we look at state codes or laws and it was easy for us to say oh this is 50 state legal because there really isn't anything there really isn't anything written that's like outright says oh hold on one second sorry my kids just walked in the door and they're loud no problem um anyways there's nothing that outright says uh, suppressed muzzle loaders are illegal and we dug in fairly deep but what we didn't do is dig into case law or uh you know criminal statutes or things like that so we should have obviously um but the biggest the biggest thing that we found is that um there's a lot of gray area in those states that we said and honestly i think that we could ship to those states um we would be challenged and we would have to spend money at court and that's not where we want to spend our resources right now so we just chose to hold back but i mean basically the language is like you know silencers are illegal if or unless they are uh, federal, you know, federally registered to the NFA. Well, if the NFA says these aren't silencers, then they're not a silencers. However, it goes back to the states where you know says muzzle loaders are actually firearms because of the, how the language says um, anything that um, pushes a projectile through combustion is considered a, a firearm. So they they kind of. Um, go around the, the federal law of what a muzzleloader is as an antique firearm. So there's, you know, there's a lot of gray area. Basically, we outpaced the law. We we did something that has <laughs> no way to um, have a definitive answer. So we just decided that we we're going to be safe and not ship to those states. And, uh, and then, but that that doesn't mean that we're never going to ship to those states. We're gonna when our resources are available to challenge those states, um, we will. And uh, I have a really good feeling that we will win, and and people will be able to enjoy that product in states that, that currently prohibit the ownership of suppressors. So, um, but you know what? That's what we do. We push. We don't sit in a corner and do the same old shit that everybody else does year after year. Um, we're silencer co. We're we're innovators. We push the envelope. Sometimes we get ourselves in trouble, but at least we're doing something innovative and. Uh, that's really the the message. So, now this year, uh, earlier this year, you guys bo- you released a kind of, a, I guess, a revamp model of the Omega forty five K and then also the Saker ASR series. Uh, I love my Saker. I I believe that in a nuclear holocaust, that uh, cockroaches share in my Saker will still be there at the end. Um, <laughs> putting putting that on the end of my rifles and taking my wife out shooting has changed. Her opinion of going out and shooting, she always hated the the sound, um, the, the gunshot of the, the the explosion that was going on. And when she pulled the trigger the first time, she was anticipating it, and then couldn't believe all she heard was the bolt cycle. So, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Saker series. Uh, why don't you talk to me about talk to me about the the revamp of both those, the Omega and the uh, Saker series? Yeah. So. I mean, we had too many SKUs at the end of the day on the Saker side of things. We had the Saker and we had the Spec War. And um, 
we wanted to kind of take the best of both of those worlds and merge them together. That's really what that what stems that. Um, sometimes it's better to have less uh, skews because you're not paralyzed by choice. And um, we, you know, we created something that's extremely robust, quiet. Um, and then the Omega, you know, the Omega series is, is a great product. And, and the reason that we did the Omega 45K is because the 9K, we developed that product um, kind of on a whim. And we we kind of, de- we, we developed it for a government agency, can't say which one. Um, and we were like, well, we should release this in, a, in the market. We didn't really understand how well it would do. And then, you know, the 9K just did, it, it went crazy. People absolutely loved the Omega 9K. So we're like, well, might as well do an Omega 45K. And um, so that's been kind of the reason behind that. That's, that's We listen to our customers a lot. Uh, we, we look at what they want, and we try to do the best that we can to bring them exactly what they're asking for. So, All right. What are your, would you say your top two selling uh, suppressors are for you guys? The Omega is, is you know, the 30 caliber Omega is the by far the highest selling silencer in the world um, from any brand. So that's uh, that's our best product. Um, the hybrid is a is a great product. That's a second runner up. The um, the Osprey um, is uh, you know been amazing for us. The Sparrow has been amazing for us. So those are kind of our core um, uh, silencers. We're excited about the Maxim series of stuff. Um, so, you know, we're putting a lot of emphasis and, and uh, attention to that product and, and you know, extensions of that. So. so we're a fan of podcasts, and uh, you guys have started something uh, that we've been watching, uh, Psycho Radio. Tell me about the, uh, the uh, decision to start that and uh, how you guys uh, like being on the broadcast side of things. You know, we're just we're we're trying to use that as a way for people to feel like they're connected to Silencer Co. to our brand to our products. Um, use it as a way to stay involved. Uh, current news, um, um, you know, answering questions, uh, making political statements. It's kind of a forum for 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 us to say things that we wouldn't really do in our conventional advertising. Um, and kind of set the record straight on some things, and, and you know that's kind of the the outlet there. Um, we, it's kind of a, I mean, you know, you're you run a podcast. It's people like podcasts. It's it's uh it's something that we should have been doing a long time ago. So I kind of feel like we dragged our feet to get into the the game, but um, I'm excited to be to be doing it, and it's growing very quickly. And um, I think my guys are doing a really good job. I'm very very pleased with them. Yeah, so check them out, uh, Psycho Radio. Uh, they're on iTunes, right? They could search for it? Yes. All right, yeah, yep. check them out there. You know, we always want to support um, gun-friendly, Second Amendment-friendly shows. Um, we, of course, focus on AR-15, so uh, they do a little bit more of a variety from everything I was checking out and listening. So uh, check them out, Psycho Radio. And uh, always awesome to have additions to the uh, kind of the firearms world when it comes to podcasts. They're, they're not – too many of us out there that uh, do this stuff. Of course, this is our side job. Uh, Reed and I both have full-time day jobs, so trying to fit it in uh, sometimes can be a struggle. But uh, when it's good content, it's good content. So I appreciate what you guys are doing over there at Psycho Radio. And uh, Josh, man, you have actually been a supporter of podcasts and doing interviews for a long time now. So uh, 
We appreciate you coming on the show, sharing some of the story of Silencer Co. with us and also uh, your insights on legislation and uh, where the market's going and also the wait times for us in the Silencer Co. product. So uh, thank you for your time this afternoon. It's great to be on again. and uh, I'll do it anytime. Let me know. Thank you. All right. We'll look for you at SHOT Show. We'll probably uh, put a microphone close to you and uh, get what innovations that Silencer Co. is coming out for 2018. Looking forward to it. You can support the show by going to ar-15podcast.com. That's ar-15podcast.com. Also, you can sign up for that new Frontier 45 side-charging AR pistol giveaway that we're doing. Uh, check them out too, newfrontierarmory.com. And RTT Firearms offer, offering 10% off of any custom rifle and 20% off of any Cerakote job. You can also support the show through Patreon and through a PayPal link we have set up at ar-15podcast.com. This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.